Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. Uh, coming to your to review Sunday, October 1st, 2023. Uh, we were sh- all spread out yesterday uh, mm. out of the office. Uh, a couple of us, or me. <laughs> and so... Uh, we, we? I well, was we, here. <laughs> uh, we, couldn't. we weren't able to record, but here we are today. This is Blake, and I'm joined by Pastor Joey Hill. Hello, hello. And Miss Tiffany Wilson. Hey, hey. And I can I can't believe it's October. Can y'all? No, it's crazy. it's crazy. It seemed like it was Christmas 2022 yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's October. Yes. Mm. Mm. Y'all, y'all's households already talking about Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yes. The, so the Amazon toy book came in this week, mm. and we have looked through it at What's least that? three times. I it's don't like, get that. You know how Sears used to do? Yeah. Yeah. This is a yeah, new JCPenney catalog. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, but it's just like a <laughs> book full is. of toys for kids to be like, I want that, and I want that, and I want that. Yeah. So. The, what was it called? The the Wish Book? Yeah. One of them like used that. to do the Wish Maybe. Book. I can't remember who that was. It's basically, you know, a wish list in your hand. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. The what it, it what what did y'all get as a kid? What was it? Do y'all remember something out of one of those catalogs? Because I do. Hmm. I don't remember specifically what came out of the catalog. I remember what I got out of one of those catalogs. What? Remember the Rock'em Sock'em robots? Robots. Uh huh. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. That, I can't remember. I can't remember where mine. Well, I remember there's two things I remember because man, all those department stores used to do books like that. Mm-hmm. Sears, JCPenney. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's here's a real throwback: service merchandise. Oh wow! <laughs> how does that? How is that even in your brain? I, I have that a, is old school. I have a vivid memory of the service merchandise that was down below the hill below Century Plaza. Oh yeah, and I and you would go and pick something off a shelf, and then they would. Uh, they would like send it to the back and pull it out of the warehouse and it would come down that little chute like uh, luggage at an airport. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay. I have a vivid memory of watching my Muppet Baby drum set come down that. <laughs> Muppet Baby. <laughs> that was not even on my radar of things. Yeah. That was. No, but what I remember getting from a catalog was this. <laughs> this is embarrassing and awesome. A ventriloquist doll. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> that is just not right. That ain't right. <laughs> Did you know that I was a no. amateur ventriloquist no, for a while? No, no. no. It kind of fits, doesn't it? It does with the whole magic mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I was about but, to ask: Is it in there with your magic stuff? Yeah, <laughs> I still have one of the ventriloquist dolls. The other one I got rid of. Um, the uh. You know, <laughs> it was. I'm a, trying to picture what led you to that. I don't know. I just always thought it was cool. Um, I had a Charlie McCarthy one that I still have. The other one I had looked more kind of like a puppet, like you would see in a puppet ministry at a children's <laughs> church or something. 
<laughs> and it was a it was a, a a little black guy with like a basketball jersey on and he had cornrows and like a gold chain. His name was Tyrone. <laughs> My go-to joke, okay. my go-to uh, joke with him was uh, <laughs> that he was just like coffee, you know, uh, black, but he had to run everything through a big white filter. <laughs> no. <laughs> where where are we going on this podcast? I don't know. I like, just, I just that's that's too much racism right uh, now. It, it wasn't man. racist. It was funny. It was like acknowledging the <laughs> elephant in the room, like. Like, like I'm a black black doll, and and I'm stuck on the hand of this white guy. He's the white filter. You know? <laughs> we gonna get canceled? No, yeah. we get canceled. Mm. It's all good. So, did y'all have anything interesting going on this week? I bet y'all can't top I'm, that. I'm not saying no. anything. <laughs> I got. Uh, I did get ridiculed at church Sunday. Um, who was it? Oh, it was Hallie. Uh, Taylor, yeah. she stopped me and she was like, y'all are too hard on Tiffany or something like that. She was like, y'all are way too they mean. Were, they were up in arms in our group me. They were like, man, they were like, you're fine. So we're racist and sexist. <laughs> is that is that what's going on here? I'm neither of those things. Me neither. What? I've embraced my inner old lady. It's okay. What? Y'all don't have anything interesting happening? Anything going on this week? We went to the zoo this weekend. I went bird watching at the zoo. Y'all like that? Well, I'm not I surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you do when you have little kids. You take them to the zoo. It's mm. true. Do y'all have a membership? Um, we did buy a membership, and it's expiring this month, which is one reason we went, is because it was like, yeah, we're about to run out, and we're probably not going to renew it. I guess. But so. we also had like tickets for free train rides and giraffe feedings and lorikeet mm. feedings, and so. We wanted to use all those up, so it was a good time. I tell you what, walking around the zoo with your kid, exhausting. Mm-hmm. But when you got on that train ride, it was like this might be a little piece of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And the weather was nice too; it wasn't too hot this weekend, mm-hmm. so it was a good day to be there. Yeah. What about you? Hmm. Not much, man. Not much at all. Just stuck in the house. Still, we're building like a little deck thing, mm-hmm. and. Man, that takes forever. Yeah. It takes forever. If you do it right and you do it by yourself, right. it takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It so yeah. So I was I was working, working hard. Had homecoming. Yep. Um we cleaned up toilet paper. I still have <laughs> from toilet, our yard. I still have toilet paper everywhere in my yard. We got it we got it pretty much up except for in the top of the trees, so we just need a good rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I still have it everywhere. They got my driveway. You know, my driveway is like driving through a jungle anyway. Mm. So it's like a it, my driveway looks like a trail through a jungle, and now it looks like a uh, <laughs> uh, Bray made a video coming out of it the morning after they rolled our entire driveway, and he he did a uh, he videoed driving through all the toilet paper, playing walking in a winter wonderland in the background. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyway, oh well. Well, I have a uh, I have. One that's kind of interesting today. It's a little little funny, a little sad, but I don't know. We'll see what y'all think. Say what? All right. I'm just going to read the headline. 
Florida siblings ages 10 and 11 stopped while driving mom's car on the freeway 200 miles from home. <laughs> 200 miles? 200 miles from home. That's right. <laughs> All right, read that one more time. <laughs> Florida siblings ages 10 and 11 stopped while driving mom's car on freeway 200 miles from home. And were they old enough to drive? 10 and 11? 10 and 11? Oh, I didn't hear the 10 and 11 part. My bad. I just heard siblings. Okay. 10 and 11. A 10-year-old Florida boy and his 11-year-old sister who were running away to California <laughs> drove 200 miles in their mother's car before they were stopped by sheriff's deputies on an interstate highway, authorities said. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. But I wonder what gave it away. Miles. No, this gets so good. <laughs> I this wonder so what gave it away. Did they get stopped because they were reported missing with this the get, car? This gets good. The Alachua County Sheriff's Office says deputies spotted the sedan, sedan on Interstate 75 near Gainesville in North Florida just before 4 a.m. The, the children's mother had reported the car stolen and her children missing four hours earlier mm. in Northport, a city south in southwest Florida. The deputies, thinking they were dealing with car thieves, Drew guns and ordered those inside the car. (laughs) Ordered those inside the car to step out. (laughs) Much to their surprise, the deputies observed a 10-year-old male driver (laughs) exit the vehicle along with his 11-year-old sister. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. (laughs) The, the, The children told deputies... The girl had been upset that their mother had taken away her electronic devices for misbehaving. (laughs) (laughs) So her brother was driving her to California. Why? Well, now she's where you can use your devices anytime. (laughs) Yeah. Now she's for sure grounded for life. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I wonder, uh, I wonder how that conversation went down. Hmm. Um, Mama won't let me use my iPad no more. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Susie. Jump, jump in the car. We're going to California. I heard Governor Newsom gives them out by the droves. <laughs> yeah, oh, you can sleep on the California streets. California is the land flowing with mobile devices. <laughs> that, that does beg the question, why California? Of all the places. You already live I in a coastal know. place. Like... <laughs> It's not the beaches that's drawing you there. I know. It is paradise. (laughs) But but isn't that kind of literally like what we all do? We're like, it's like, I live on the East Coast, so it's so much better on the West Coast. Yeah. And everything's better on the other side of the world. But at 10 and 11, do they even know that? that gap of like east coast west coast do they understand where california is like how far it really is like what was the appeal like i I wonder if this kid was like using a gps on his phone like Um, he just typed in california did he even have a and it probably put in like the city hall or whatever you know and he's just driving like i don't know how in the world? Oh, there, I guess there could have been GPS in the car. Yeah. Like in the actual, like not from your phone. Yeah. But hats off to this kid. I mean, he mm-hmm. got on the interstate and he's 200 miles from home. Like, was he, I guess, I guess he was headed in the right direction. You got to go up before you can go left. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
<laughs> he was like, I want to go fast. We got to stop now. There's water. I took a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> um, In four hours. That's a long time to be driving. Yeah. Says the children were interviewed by detectives who said there was no indication that they had been mistreated in any way by their mother or anyone else in their home. The mother declined to press charges, <laughs> I guess. You think? <laughs> and the children were released to her. Mm. Names of mother and children have not been released. Well, 200 miles from my home, my children would have already in the back yelled to go to the bathroom five times. Right. I'm wondering if the little sister was like, I got to go. <laughs> No, we got we got a time. We got to be there. <laughs> that is wild to me, man. Isn't that wild? If I'm the mom, I'm having to like lock lock my keys up in a safe overnight from now on. Yeah. Like imagine going forward. Like what in the world else would they do? Yeah. <laughs> These kids are I'm, brave. Like I mean, I get it. Like you know, I, I had friends that were 11, 12 years old, and their parents would let them take an old clunker car out in the middle of a field and, and just drive it around, you know, mm-hmm. right. to say, hey, learn how to drive or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, 10 and 11, and you probably live in a, you know, kind of a suburbia area mm-hmm. of Florida, you're not going to you, – that's had to have been his first time behind the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild, man. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? Like, <laughs> and like he hats didn't, off like, to that kid. He didn't crash or nothing. He just was driving. And he – and think about it. He looks up in the rearview mirror, probably has to, you know, really stand up to look at the rearview mirror, sees blue blue lights. And he pulls and over. And he pulls over. <laughs> I got to say, yeah. he's got to be very smart. Yeah. He had to have been watching mom and dad while they're driving, like, okay, right. this is the speed limit and this is how fast I go and this is how you steer. Yeah. It made mm. me think that I'd like to meet the kid. Yes. <laughs> I want to know how your brain works. <laughs> 10 years old. I wonder if there was ever a moment because you know at that age it'd be easy like not to see a driver. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And somebody'd be like, "Oh, that's one of the Munman cars." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Mm. Yeah, those are uh uh that's a very informed 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm impressed. You see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For um, all the new listeners, yeah. that's called a segue. Yeah. And Blake's been trying to master them. <laughs> <laughs> and gradually getting worse and worse. <laughs> uh, so we, we did start our new series on Sunday, Informed, our October series. October series where we're talking about spiritual warfare. Mm. And... Uh, it's harder to do this on Tuesday, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's not as fresh on your mind. Yeah. I have notes, though. <laughs> uh, I have notes. Well, I mean, honestly, though, I, I really feel like, y'all tell me if I'm wrong, but it really felt like October slipped up on everybody. Like, yeah. Sunday was October 1st, and like when I said it from the stage, like, welcome to October, It all you almost had like a shock effect across yeah. the crowd. They were like, oh, I guess it is. Yeah, even my son... Sunday morning, I said something about it being October, and he was like, wait, it was just like September 20-something. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, 29th, yeah. <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. And so, yeah, I mean, we're not even like just a few days into October, and now all of a sudden churches are just, you know, trunk or treat and all this mm-hmm. stuff everywhere. So right. it's like we're, we're sure. in full-blown full mode here. Yeah. 
But this fall. I will say this, though, you know, October, um, you know, for those that may not know this, uh, we, and I kind of explained this Sunday as well, was, you know, October is just that month. The reason we talk about spiritual warfare or focus on it is, you know, number one, we climb the mountain, uh, Mount Carmel, and that's one of the seven hills that we climb. And each of the last seven months of the year, we climb a different hill that is symbolic of a different spiritual aspect of our spiritual life. And uh, Mount Carmel is symbolic of spiritual warfare and stuff like that. And we can get into all that that I talked about Sunday. We don't have to, but what I'm saying is, is like, um, it's interesting because in this particular month, you know, I said this, I think in the early service, but not the second, I talked about how we tend to take a darker turn in this month just because of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to to actually quote my wife, she's like, it's almost like all of a sudden it's okay to just let Satan come in and sit down on the couch and eat Cheetos, you know? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, that may be a little much. But but I, I do feel like there's a little bit more of an openness mm-hmm. to the, you know, uh, darker things. Like you can go to Hobby Lobby mm-hmm. or Michael's or something like that, and you would expect Halloween crafts, you know, and and imagery to be like skeletons and yeah. witches and things like that. But man, you'll go in there and there's Ouija boards and there's, yeah. you know, stuff that's a little bit more of the darker arts, mm-hmm. if you will. And and I don't know. I it's you know, it's just you're you're seeing that more and more. And so we just felt like October was a great month for us mm-hmm. to pause from talking about spiritual growth to talk about spiritual battle, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, instead you of advancing defensive, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Because you can't even watch TV right now, even on streaming apps without mm-hmm. ads for, you know, all the latest v- movies that have been added. They're all horror movies, mm-hmm. you know, all the commercials that are on in between, you know, episodes and stuff. It's yeah. all advertisements for scary movies. It's like... Well, and I know a lot of people, especially in the in the, you know, faith family, you know, a lot of people feel differently about mm-hmm. these types of holidays. Some are like, you know, yeah. absolutely none of it. Yeah. Not even a hint of it. And Halloween, it should not be celebrated at all. And I've seen a lot of memes already popping up out there mm-hmm. about churches being real lax on this and we just call them fall festivals and things of that nature. And I'm not here to debate that. Yeah, I'm just sure. Like last last night, my wife sits me and my two sons down, and she says, "Look," she and she's talking to the boys, and she's mm-hmm. already told me what she's going to do. So I'm just there for backup, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, "Look," she goes, "A lot of people feel differently." She says, "But this is me personally, and and I guess that makes me that mom or whatever." She's like, "But we're not doing haunted houses this year. We're we're just not. We're not. Sure. We're not going. We're not." You know, she goes, it's just, she goes, it's not like, and she goes, I'm not even saying like Jason and Freddy Krueger and all that stuff was okay back then, but even now it's so much different mm-hmm. because of the shock and awe in order to get your money. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think in one particular haunted house, it, they, they were showing an abortion, you know, and it's oh, like, wow. why? Yeah. You know, mm. I'll tell you why, because it had to be more shock and awe from the year before. Otherwise, you're not going to pay your money to come to it, you know. Right. Um, and and I know every parent deals with this. Every Christian parent certainly deals with this with their kids because they're all their friends are going and things like that. And so 
we just had to have we just had to have that sit down and say, hey, we're just not participating. You yeah. know, it's not mm-hmm. that we're trying to be better than everybody. If other people want to go, right, that's fine. But right. for us, we're just we're going to go ahead and and lock in on this uh, this month and really start. And she, <laughs> what she said, she looked at me and she said, your sermons better be good this month. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, She's on it. You definitely found the right the right passage for sure uh, mm-hmm. in Ephesians six, uh, and then this week started with um, verse ten. Uh, let's see, I actually typed out the verse since it was short. What? <laughs> well, it was short. <laughs> I only had one. Yeah. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Mm. Uh, the first thing you focused on, obviously, was the word "finally," uh, basically meaning or equal to you know, in light of everything that Paul had said up to that point. Yeah. Um, I also made a note that says this also speaks to the inevitability of spiritual warfare in the life of every believer. Yeah. You said something like that. (laughs) Is that true? If I did it, that's really good. Did you? (laughs) Yes, I think I did. Um, Yeah, I I, I think that word finally really is a, a, a huge you know, key factor in that verse because everything Paul had said up to that point has to just been like, okay, finally we're here. Finally. Like this is my final thing, you know, my final addition to everything that I've said. Right. And so it's almost like he's saying in light of everything that I've said, that God, you know, all that God has done for you and the glorious standing you have have as a child of God and your conduct and being filled with the spirit and all that in light of all this verses 10 through 24, which is through the end of the chapter, in light of all that, there is a battle to fight in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's that that that's incredibly important. Right. You know. Yeah, then um that I the next thing I've got is in quotations, be strong in the Lord. Okay. Where am I pulling that from? Well, basically when you look at verses 10 through 24, that's 14 verses, mm-hmm. what you're going to see there are basically two essential components of spiritual warfare. So from verses 10 through 24, you see two things. Um, the first one is being strong, and the second one is putting on. And those were the two oh, points yeah. right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, and what we did this past Sunday is we focused on being strong. And what we're going to do the next three weeks is really break down what it means putting putting on, like yep. putting on the armor of God, you know, that kind of thing. But before you put that on, uh, you know, there's a there's a part of you before we can armor up, uh, we must take to heart verse ten first because that, that's what I said. Verse ten gets skipped a lot because we just immediately go to verse eleven and mm-hmm. say, "Put on the whole armor of God." You know, right? Yep. Um, yeah, sorry. I was looking at my notes. I was getting confused here. <laughs> I confused <laughs> myself with my notes. Uh, I like the illustration that you started out with, though, when you're talking about being strong. Uh, you said um, uh, illustrate the illustration uses a soldier going through kind of like basic training yeah. to build up their strength. Yeah. So that they'd be strong enough to deal with what they're what they've been equipped with, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talked about I don't know was it like a a painting or a picture or something or a video where you the 
soldier using uh, the gun as a walking stick. Yeah, yeah, it was a picture I saw. It was a, I think it may have been the Afghanistan War, but there was a soldier who was just walking through the heat, and he was using his gun mm-hmm. as a as a kind of a crutch, so to speak, or a walking stick. Yeah, and I thought that was yeah that was very symbolic. Did mm-hmm. you did you pick up on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't think I, most people did. <laughs> I put in quotations. You know, do we use the word of God as a weapon or as a crutch? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we we do have a tendency to, um, because we don't we don't like to fight, we don't like confrontation, that kind of thing. It's easy to look for spiritual caves to hide in, to use God's word to go go you know you know like a hermit crab, find your shell and disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's I think that's a problem, especially in the world you're living in today. That's what that's what the enemy's banking on is that. You know, those who would put up a fight, they would back up and get in their caves yeah. because they're, they've got too much to lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, you transition into, you know, two ways to kind of tap into the spiritual muscle uh, strength, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being might, uh, mm-hmm. relying on might, God's might. Um, might equals inerrant power or force. The, uh, the, um, the illustration you used was uh, when you seen a in like a really big, muscly, intimidating guy walking around the track, mm-hmm. and I was wondering why you didn't stop and say hello. Well, I almost did. <laughs> I, you know, I, I posted a picture of me in front of the Cheetos truck. Mm-hmm. Y'all saw that? Yeah, I saw that. I almost stopped and did a U-turn and come back and tried to go out on the track. Can you imagine some <laughs> random guy dressed up for church comes out to this guy? He's he's incredibly mm-hmm. muscular. He has no shirt on, lot, lots of ink, if you will. And can you imagine some guy coming up going, hey, man, can I get a selfie with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he would take in that wrong. Did so, he miss my joke? Yes, he did. What What was the joke? That I was the intimidating guy on the track. Like, I was wondering why you didn't stop and say hello. That's so far-fetched. That's why I missed it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, but I did like the, the – I felt like that was a really good point that you made where, you, you know, you talked about you know, how big this guy was and just, like, what a presence he was. Yeah. And the quote that I wrote down is strength is uh, – might is essentially when your strength is so strong you don't even have to use it. Right. I thought that was really good. Yeah, it's. I think one way to look at it is like a reservoir of strength, right? You know, like because you know God's might is not necessarily Him always coming in and flexing His muscle and exercising that. You know, sometimes just knowing what God is capable of is enough. Yeah, you know, like um, so you know, I I used a few verses here talking about in Scripture where God's might is on display. Mm -hmm. It says, "God is our refuge and strength and ever present." help in trouble. Uh, he, Psalm 46, one, Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength and Ephesians three twenty. now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him, be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So the, to, when you begin to understand what, you know, what these writers are really talking about, they're really talking about our God is so strong that just his presence is enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and 
and I tried to tie that. I'm not sure if I did a good job of it, but I tried to tie that back into the mindset of at any point, Christ could have called legions of angels to come take mm-hmm. him down off that cross. Right. You know, take, come, come handle business in my steed. Um, but, you know, um, it just because they can doesn't mean that they should or that they will. And to me, that's a, that's a picture of my, and I, I have personally seen God's might on display in my life um, in those moments when, you know, you're praying for God to change a situation. And I don't know if any listener has ever dealt with this. You're praying and you're, you're praying for God to change the circumstance, mm-hmm. but in your heart, you know, he's not right. Mm-hmm. You're like, the, the the reality of this is this is a maybe a consequence to an action or maybe this is you know just you know a diagnosis you or it's just out of your control you know you like a cancer or something like that and the reality is is you get in those situations like I'm gonna pray mm-hmm. I'm gonna pray that God changes this mm-hmm. but in your heart for a lot of people who walk in their faith and grind it out every day they know. Okay, God may not change this. Right. But it's the fact that you know that he could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his might on display. The fact that you're praying to him shows his might. Mm-hmm. It sh- you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I just think so many times prayer should be uh, a testimony to the might of God and not necessarily a request line. Or a hotline, yeah. if you will. Like yeah. God, God, I'm needing you to fix this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the second one was the power, uh, exercising it, uh, and power basically is the exercise of might. So it's when the might actually, I guess, moves into action. Um, yeah. Like you know, you use the example of you know, you see the guy who's muscly or whatever walking around that's. You know, you when you get in his presence, you feel his might. But then the, uh, the power is when you know he actually, you know, bends the rebar or you know bench presses four hundred five or whatever. Right. You know, God has the quote that I wrote down is God has vast reservoirs of might that could be used as power in our Christian life. Yeah, yeah. I I was interested to get y'all's thoughts on that. You know, because you know it. It's so easy for people to sit idly by or passively by. Eating Cheetos. Eating Cheetos on the sofa and wondering where the power of God is. Yeah. Like, I just, so the actual quote was, God has vast reservoirs of might that can be realized as power in our Christian life. Right. So how does that hit y'all? Because that's, because, I mean, that's really where I was kind of like talking about I can rely on it and do nothing, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do, or I can do everything and not rely on it, and a lot of people do that. Um, but being strong in the Lord is when you not only rely on His might, but also when you give it the chance to display its power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my next note. Was it? Mm-hmm. I just I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that because it it, it kind of touches the edges of some stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we could go a lot of different directions with that, starting with prayer, which you already touched on a little bit. Um, but what I wrote down is, he is strong whether I work or not, but it only becomes powerful in my life if I step out in faith to let it change me. Hmm. And so there's, you know, that aspect of it is like, okay, you're praying and in your heart you want the situation to change, but 
are you also trusting that whether God changes it or not, it's for good? Yeah. In the end. Yeah. Are you good with the like, outcome? No yeah, matter like what. You may not ever realize the outcome. Yeah. But are you trusting it's for good? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I read a quote from Guzik that, <clears throat> and I like what he's saying here. He says that when it comes to this verse, it's not, I do everything and God does nothing. Mm-hmm. It is not, I do nothing and God does everything. Mm-hmm. And he says, it is not, I do all I can and God helps with what I can't. And I think a lot of people live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he says, all of these approaches fall short. The key is for me to, by faith, rely on his might and rely on it more and more so then I can do the work. Yeah. Yeah. What is it you say all the time? Pray as if it's up to him, but work like it's up to me. Yeah. 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 It's, and, and that's a nice balance there. But that's really what I was going for on mm. this was helping people understand the balance because how easy would it be for us? And I had to, I had not attack this, but I had to address this in our church because these songs are really big in our church. But the whole, it's not my battle because it belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. What's the natural tendency? You know, what is the yeah. natural tendency when you believe, okay, well, this is God's battle, not mine? Yeah. Just to sit back and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I don't have to fight. Mm-hmm. And and that's nothing what Scripture teaches. Yeah. You know? It's the same concept you talked about. Um, I don't think it was it last month or the month before the series on worship. If, if, the, if we don't cry out, the rocks will. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. God can use anything to accomplish his purposes. Mm. He chooses to use us. So are we going to get up and do what he's calling us to do? Are we going to sit back and say, yeah, he'll figure it out. Yeah. He'll make it happen. And it's crazy. I mean, do y'all, do y'all think I'm like reading something into this? I really feel like the body of Christ is eat up with this. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. like God's got it. I'm just going to sit back and do mm-hmm. nothing. I'm, I'm going to live my life and make the most of it. And yeah. then somewhere God's going to kind of oversee the overall ending like it's all going to come out in the wash kind of thing yeah i just i think it's the pendulum swing of um you know uh well kind of like what tiffany said a while ago you know um pray like it depends on god but work like it depends on us or whatever or however you said it but Mm -hmm. um you know we say it other ways like you can set the sail but you can't make the wind blow Mm -hmm. but you better have your sail up you know that kind of thing yeah so it's like i think it's a pendulum swing between um, really the relying on, you know, or leaning into the sovereignty of God over the responsibility of man yeah, mm-hmm. in a way. And so, like, we have to, if you find yourself, like, <clears throat> I know this will sound very, I don't know, this may sound very counterintuitive, but if you find yourself, like, very heavily leaning into only one or the other. Now, obviously, we want to err on the side of God's sovereignty, but at the same time, also recognizing that we're responsible. Right. Like, we have mm-hmm. to move. Like, he's given us, you know, he's He's called us to something. Mm-hmm. He's, like, saved us to something, not just from something. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to move and we have to act in that. It's not, it's not idle. It doesn't just sit by. And so mm. that's, yeah. I, and I think it's, you know, it's probably just, um, you know, the a reflection of the polarization within the church around kind of big 
mm-hmm. doctrinal type right. things like that. Right. The way you say that makes me think of Esther and how mm-hmm. she had the king's favor. She was in the king's castle. She was safe. But Mordecai told her, like, how do you know? Like, you can sit by and do nothing. Yeah. But how do you know that you weren't called for to this position for such a time as this? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. I, I think that I think it just comes down to really it's it's yeah I I think it does point to larger doctrinal issues mm-hmm. but for me to keep it simple for me I think it where I kind of identified is whether or not I look at it as as a is it a trust issue mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying is it a trust issue or is it you know um, a works issue and so. For me, at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm if I don't want to do the work, mm-hmm. then why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it because I don't trust God, um, or is it because you know? Because think about it. If if I if I do the work, then I also have to ask that question. Then why? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it because I don't trust God <laughs> and what He said in His Word that you know? I just want to doubly make sure I'm going to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that anyone in Christ Jesus is not under condemnation, but do I really trust that? So I'm mm-hmm. going. To, I'm going to be a good person just in case. Yeah, I'm going to try to. Co- I'm going to try to bookend it. You know. Yeah. Or, or, or in the in the flip of that, you know. So so all that to say, for me, it, it really comes down to trust. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. are you are you acting in obedience because of the trust factor? You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think to me the the line of the day, mm-hmm. and I, I hope I'm not stealing it from you, is the armor you won't put on mm-hmm. is the armor you don't trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, no, I have that in my notes, and I feel like the illustration that you used, the Black Hawk Down illustration, was mm-hmm. a really good example of just kind of the application of this. Right. You know? Right. So it's like, what do you do? You know, you shared the story about you know talking with a guy that was, you know, part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for those who don't know the story, obviously it was a pretty bleak scenario, but it's like, you know, what do you do when you're, when you got stuff coming at you from everything, you know, every angle like that. And it was, you know, you fight the battle in front of you kind of thing. So, yeah. um, Anyway, that's, I don't know what you, if you got anything you want to add to that, but. Well, to me, the imagery was, you know, was a caravan of armored Humvees driving through this very hostile city mm-hmm. with all these militia firing not only, you know, you know, AKs or whatever they had, I don't remember, but it was tons of automatic weaponry along mm-hmm. with RPGs. I mean, they're they're hitting these guys with everything they got and 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 this whole caravan's only goal was to get in and rescue the guys that were in the black hawk that got shot down, you mm-hmm. know? And so they're trying to, they're trying to get to that. And, and I was asking this guy like, you know, okay, so you're trying to get to that black hawk. You're trying to get to, it's a rescue mission. It's a rescue operation. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was the, you know, the, the mood or the mindset of guys um, that were having a hop in these Humvees inside this safe compound that was, you know, that the United States had claimed as their base, you you go from this safe base 
to inside an armored vehicle and then you go into hostile territory. Mm-hmm. What's that? And, and, and as well, if you saw the movie, you know that they were they were basically broadcasting that over the base, like as guys were talking back back to the you know like so and so got hit mm-hmm. whatever. And 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 I asked him about that, and he. He said the reason that they did that, because I thought that was just a movie thing. Mm-hmm. He said, no, the reason that they'll do that is so that different, you know, parts of, you know, like maybe the medical teams and all the, everybody knows, okay, we got to get ready for this mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, so anyway, it was interesting because, because they, they, he said their mindset was, was everybody hopped in those armored vehicles like it was nothing, like, mm-hmm. let's go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but he did talk about how, what helped was that they were sitting in an armored vehicle, you know? And so he's, and in that moment, what he said, he didn't say it like this, but what he actually said was this, in those moments, you feel the might of the United States army. Mm -hmm. Like you feel the the power of the 50 cal gun on top, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel the thickness of the armor around the truck, um, you know, and and so you get in formation, right, and you go and take the hits, right, mm-hmm. and 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 that was kind of the last line that I left with the message was like, church, we 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 cannot sit on our sit in our spiritual caves on our couches and eat our Cheetos and think that the mission's done, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And we can't sit on the sidelines and say, okay, well, Blake Wingo, he's going to do the mission. He, Him and Joy have got it, you know? Right. And, and Tiffany, you know, we ain't got to worry about the women because Tiffany's out there trying to reach women, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, we can just sit back and let somebody else do it. Isn't that what we pay them for? And I think every person that listens to this that's a minister knows exactly what I mean when the church thinks that's what we pay you for, mm-hmm. and, and it's not, you know? Like... It's time for the church to get in formation, to quit living in fear, and to get in formation and trust the armor, you know, get up every day and put, you know, trust that armor, then you'll put on that armor, and then you'll be willing to take the hits. And uh, one final thing that he said about the caravan was, because I talked about, man, just y'all are getting hit from behind, all from all sides. And uh, he said, he said, no, it, it wasn't difficult. You didn't really worry about those on the side or behind. He said, you always fight the battles that are in front of you, not behind you. Right. And 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 I think that that's what happens to a lot of people. I see this happen in the church a lot. People get fired up. Maybe God gets a hold of them. And man, they just, you know, they want to get on this rescue mission. Then all of a sudden something happens. They, they take a shot from the side mm-hmm. and they will jerk the Humvee and go after it and, mm-hmm. and attack it. I know people who God was using them to do great things, but because one little thing happened in their life, they shut the whole thing down and they got off mission and now they're just sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, you know, and that's what I, that's what I don't want to see happen to anybody uh, in the faith. And I I really want to see us uh, take our, take our mission, the great commission, take that serious. Yeah. You stole all my notes there at the end, but I did. So there, sorry. No, there is one that I liked <laughs> yeah, that you didn't say was when you said, if you don't embrace the fight on God's terms, then the enemy will bring it to you on his terms. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. Yeah. The, the whole idea that you can just stay out of the fight is not a reality that scripture teaches. Like, don't make none, there won't be none. Right. That doesn't work in spiritual warfare because the enemy 
is going around going around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And and so a lot of times we think, man, if I just don't, you know, if I just don't make a lot of noise, then Satan ain't gonna send his hordes after me right. or whatever. Yeah. And that's not a reality mm-hmm. at no. all. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you use the illustration of the song that we sing where it says, so when I fight, I fight on my knees. Mm-hmm. And, and you pointed out that it says, so when I fight, not if I fight or whatever, yeah. but when I fight. When I fight. Because you definitely will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you call yourself a child of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For it, sure. If you don't engage the fight on God's terms, then the enemy will bring the fight to you on his terms. So, yeah. Well, all right. I thought that was a good start, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a real good start. Yeah, join us over the next three weeks, and we'll four. We'll, oh, five, that's it's five Sundays this month. Yeah, but we're this series will only cover three. Really? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. We're doing something rogue for fun on the day of our tuck or treat. But but anyway, but yeah. So we'll over the next three weeks we'll look at putting on the armor. We'll talk about what it means to wrestle against, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits of the air. Mm. We're, going, we're going to talk a lot about strongholds, and I may even have some some interesting, true, very true, many people uh, I've told this story to believe I'm making it up, but I do. I may, I may share a spooky, true story mm. that happened to me. So there you go. Well, um... So as far as everything, anything else going on, obviously trunk or treat. Yep, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. We already had some uh, a few registration people registering yep. for that. Bring we, your candy donations. Yes. Chuck them in Chuck Norris. Please, please, please bring your candy donations. We're going to need them. Uh, by the I, way, I already saw candy in it this Sunday. So yes. thank you who are already chucking your candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you bring just like. If you do a trunk, we need you to bring your own candy anyway. The candy donations are for just where we supplement the candy supply. And trust yes. me, yeah. we have to. We're going to need it. Uh, so, you know, I almost during the homecoming parade because of candy being so expensive, yeah, I almost got a bag and just, just started, started sacking, collect, it just sacking it up. Going, we'll, we'll, re-give <laughs> this to you. we'll give this back to you at Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's true, though. It's mm-hmm. so true. Uh, is there anything else? We've got Wednesday night services tomorrow night at six thirty. Mm-hmm. Students, kids, adults, mm-hmm. and then and Blake's starting a new series, right? Starting the Book of Daniel. Oh, that'll be a good one on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Yep. So yep. come and, out and join us. And it, then Sunday night, the student guys are going to have a guys' night. So make yep. sure you're following our High Point students Facebook and Instagram pages for all the info on that. And then the following Sunday will be a girls' night. So, girls' night. I think they're yep. doing pumpkin pumpkin painting. Yeah. So, and if you want to make sure, you know, that your trunk is registered to be in the trunk or tree, what mm-hmm. do they have to do too? Uh, go on our app or our website. We'll have the signups up there. And then there's also, if you come in to Wednesday night or Sunday morning service, there's a sign up on the uh, connection desk as well. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Cool. All right. Cool. Y'all good? Excellent. Yep. Hey, hey. Moral, moral of the story today. If you have a 10 or 11-year-old, don't let them get your keys. Hide your keys. keys. Hide your keys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess we'll see you guys later. Later. See
Sandy Grevy.